0: What's up everyone and welcome into episode number 180 where I will talk about week number six of college football where Michigan absolutely destroys Minnesota at Minnesota. Michigan State had a bye week but there's some interesting things that Harlan Barnett said in his press conference and we'll talk a little bit about the Detroit Lions beating the Carolina Panthers. So let's get into it with Michigan absolutely taking it to Minnesota. This game was not really even that close. Like I said in the preview of this game, I didn't think this game would be very close, and it honestly wasn't. Michigan offensively looked great again. J.J. McCarthy had over 200 yards for one touchdown, so he was great. Blake Corum again scored one touchdown that offensive line really took it to that Minnesota's defensive line and linebackers to the front seven. This just wasn't really a competitive game whatsoever. Michigan's defense had at least one pick six in this game. Minnesota really couldn't throw the ball or run the ball too much. Minnesota did score 10 points, which is quite a lot. Against this Michigan team, there hasn't been a lot of teams that have scored that many points, which I know you're probably saying, hey, that's not very many points. That's for a reason, because this Michigan defense has been so good, and I believe Michigan in the last couple of weeks have had two, maybe three pick sixes on their defense, which is absolutely incredible. Their secondary is very good. They are very good at stopping the run. They've been pretty good at stopping the big play, and Minnesota really didn't have the big play in this game, and to a lot of people, that's not really much of a surprised because like I said in the preview again Minnesota is just not a high-powered offense and you saw that during this game it just wasn't a competitive game it's just kind of the same throughout every single game like it's like I said before it's kind of like a slow death where in the first quarter you're kind of there you kind of have a chance this game was 10 to 3 after the first quarter so you're only down one touchdown but then next thing you know you are down 24 to 10 at half and while you're like okay that's still decently manageable you're still only down two touchdowns michigan comes out scores 21 and then 7 in the fourth quarter and then you turn to, turns out you lose by 42 you, le- you lose pretty quickly in that second half and that's just what this michigan team is and that's just what they're known for is they might keep you around in that first half, but once you start kind of getting a little tired, they just beat up on you, and that's exactly what they did to this Minnesota team. And P.J. Fleck had great things to say about this Michigan team under P.J. Fleck. At least, I think he said in the last 10 or 11 years, this is the best college football team he's played, which is this is very high praise because he's played some of the best Ohio State teams that really took it to a lot of the teams during their prime and I don't want to say they're not in their prime now, but they're not winning the Big Ten. They haven't won the Big Ten in the last two years. But when you have like Braxton Miller and you also had JT Barrett, you had those quarterbacks. they in that prime when they're one of the best teams in the country. He's saying that this Michigan team is the best team, and I think it is one of the most well-rounded teams we've seen in the Big Ten in a really long time. They can do it offensively. They can do it defensively. They're very physical. They're very good at throwing the ball. One thing I would say, though, is, and it's going to be interesting, because Michigan's total passing touchdowns in a season hasn't been broken in a really long time and it looked like J.J. McCarthy was kind of on that path to breaking it but recently hasn't been throwing that many touchdowns in games that Michigan completely blows out the other team I think a lot of that has to do with J.J. McCarthy not really having to throw the ball and also J.J. McCarthy not being able to play the whole game because when you're up 30 points in the third quarter, like you should not be playing J.J. McCarthy. So I still, if I had to guess, I still think that record stands. Do I think J.J. gets close to it? Yes, I do think J.J. gets close to it because I think he's going to start to play some of these better teams coming up. I think he's going to start to throw a lot more against like a Penn State and Ohio State. Well, hasn't really had to throw the ball too much against Ohio State because they've been really good on the ground as well. I think he's going to start throwing the ball maybe a little bit more, and kind of creep closer to that all-time season-passing touchdowns record, which I believe is little over 20, so he's going to have to average about, I believe, I think like two or three touchdowns these next couple of games to get there, so we'll see what happens there, but ever since Jim Harbaugh has been back from his suspension, he's been very, very good, and not surprising to a lot of people, and this is a great year to honestly be Michigan and how well rounded this team is because there's really not one team that you kind of look at where you're like, hey, you know what, they are definitely number one. I think you could make that argument for this Michigan team. I think it's them and Georgia, but that Georgia team is not as dominant as they have been the last few years, so I think Michigan has a really good chance if they can get past like a Penn State, because it's going to be at Penn State, that's probably going to be their toughest game in my opinion. Maybe Ohio State just because it's Ohio State, but it's at the big house. You also have Michigan State, which I would be shocked if Michigan State pulls off the ups, and we'll talk a little bit about that next week as well. But overall, Michigan's doing exactly what they have to do, and if they continue to do that, they'll continue to win games, and they'll be playing for Big Ten Championship down the road now let's go over to Michigan State Michigan State did not have a game this weekend they had a bye so technically Michigan State could not lose and they didn't really lose that much like nothing really like egregious nothing like that really kind of stands out too much really happened that would surprise people Um, One thing that was kind of said was Harlan Barnett, basically, when asked about the quarterback position, he did say that basically it's a QB competition right now. Every single spot on this team is a competition, and that's surprising because we saw what he said against Maryland. After the Maryland game, he's like, hey, Noah Kim's our guy, and there's been reports that... Kane Hauser is going to be the star this weekend against Rutgers, which I think a lot of people have been asking for the last couple of weeks anyways, especially because of how bad Noah Kim has been recently. But for a lot of people, this would not really be much of a surprise. And I think this is a good thing. This shows that Harlan Barnett is willing to possibly make a change. And we've seen coaches at Michigan State n- – be kind of late on that change. Even Martin Antonio wasn't great at making changes until pretty late on like Connor Cook he should have went to Kyor Cook much earlier than he actually did. So gonna be interesting to see how if that does happen, how much of a leash Kane Hauser has during this game. If you do make that change though, in my opinion, he has to have the same amount of leash that Noah Kim had. Or if you're gonna go back or do another quarterback, why not try Sam Levitt at that point? Like Keep trying quarterbacks. Try to see who's going to be the future. Because honestly, at this point, I agree with a lot of people. This is a lost season. It's all about looking f- towards the future. Whoever you think has the future, the brightest future, the future quarterback of this team that could be good in a, a couple of years, definition of could, who's going to be the quarterback that's going to lead this team at that point? And honestly, right now, I don't think it's Noah Kim and I think it's up to Kane Hauser and Sam Levitt who will be the starter after that after the season. We don't know because the head coach on this coach on this Michigan State team is not on the coaching staff right now. We can say that Harlan Barnett will not be the coach unless he somehow miraculously wins out, which won't happen. But yeah, that was kind of an interesting statement that was said by Harlan Barnett. Now let's go on to the Detroit Lions. They played the Carolina Panthers at home and absolutely took it to them. They did not have Amara St. Brown, did not have Jameer Gibbs, and that did not matter. The Lions were absolutely dominant on offense, on defense. They were flying all over the field. Jameson Williams played for the first time in a really long time. Had two catches for two yards. Didn't really do very much. He had a bad draft that he should have caught. But hopefully he kind of improves that. Sam LaPorte very good again. And I don't think that's a surprise to a lot of people. He scored two touchdowns in this game. Sam LaPorte is going to be a very good tight end for a very, very long time. He is what TJ Hackinson was. Like what Lions fans thought TJ Hackison was going to be. And honestly, maybe even better. Like his blacking is very good. He can catch the ball. He's getting open. He's breaking tackles. That's everything that we thought TJ Hackison could be. But it looks like Sam Laporta actually is. So Sam Laporta is going to be a weapon going forward. Um, Craig Reynolds, the running back, actually scored his first touchdown. As a line, which is awesome. I think he's been on the team for the last, like, two or three years. So, it's awesome that he finally got his first rushing touchdown in the NFL with the Detroit Lions. So, congrats to him. Josh Reynolds has been great. Even Dan Campbell showed shine on Josh Reynolds after that game. And he's, like, he's been a most explosive wide receiver on this roster. He's been awesome. Like, he's been getting open. He's super consistent. I believe he did have a bad draft, but the next play he he got first down after a really great ball by Jared Goff and let's talk about Jared Goff Jared Goff is playing at a level that you can consider him probably a top eight quarterback right now and maybe even in the MVP conversation like Jared Goff has been that good he's been really comfortable in the packet that his offensive line has been great David Montgomery again was great in this game David Montgomery is everything you thought that he was going to be and more He is so good at finding the holes, falling forward, and I honestly think the reason why he kind of struggled for the first couple of years is because of the team he was on. The Chicago Bears haven't been good for a while, and their offensive line did him no justice, honestly, and I think this offensive line by the Lions have been great. They've been injured quite a bit. Um, Taylor Decker has been injured. Panay Sewell has been very good. He's He's only, I believe, like 22 years old, and he's honestly already taking a leadership position on this offensive line, which is absolutely incredible. This offensive line is a top three offensive line in the NFL. You have, hopefully, Amon Ross St. Brown coming back this week. This offense is just so electric. It's so fun. Ben Johnson is awesome. He had some amazing play calls in this game one of the play calls or i want to say more like a trick play is jared goff was under center but the ball went through his legs straight to david montgomery and he picked up a first sound like you don't really see that very often and then you also had a reverse flea flicker touchdown to sam Laporta as well that the san francisco 49ers did the basically the same exact play later on that night so this offense is just so fun the defense is performing really well um the only bad news is Emmanuel Mosley was hurt in this game and I believe it was actually on the second play and turns out he tore his ACL this was right when he was coming back from a torn ACL that he had last year tears his ACL again there's concern about the corner position and that's definitely a really big concern that the Lions should have I believe they did address it a little bit I believe they signed a corner to the practice squad which is much needed but the corner position is very um not deep right now and with losing emmanuel mosley you're going to see a lot more of jerry jacobs which he's been really good lately you're going to also see probably a couple other corners you don't really hear much about but the secondary has been good the pass rush has been great I believe this is the first time in a really long time that the Lions have had five games where which are four no that they had a five game stretch or four and one sorry had a five game stretch where they've had at least a 100 yard rusher and held the other team under 100 yards like that is just incredible and I don't think a lot of people thought going into this season that this Lions team was going to have a great run stopping defensive line because that was kind of the one area a lot of fans weren't very thrilled about that they didn't really do a ton to kind of bolster that defensive line that they did a lot to bolster that secondary and look at the signings that they've had like two of their signings two of their so-called stars are probably out for the year, maybe Gardner Johnson might come back for the playoffs, but Emmanuel Mosley is out. So a lot of the bigger signings have been injured. But this defense has had a dramatic improvement. They were very good against this Carolina Panthers team, and Bryce Young he wasn't able to do very much in this game, which was great. So what a win for the Lions four and O. They're actually basically two two and a half games up of the division already they play tampa later this week i'll talk about that in the preview of week seven but yeah great win for the lions in that game um let's go over to the red wings quickly red wings hockey is about to start preseason they did pretty good uh they nate danielson was very good he definitely showed a little bit of flash of scoring which was probably one of his major concerns out of any of his concerns uh he looks like an NHL ready player at least pretty close so that's a really good sign that season starts up here shortly for the Red Wings last night was actually the first night of NHL games which Connor Bedard and Sidney Crasby played each other Kymen Bedard, if you don't know, he's kinda of deemed as the next huge guy to come. He's um he's basically Sidney Crosby, Alex Ovechkin, Austin Matthews, kind of in that whole realm. Uh he had one assist last night. I know um a lot of Detroit fans do not like the Chicago Blackhawks, which I'm not a big fan either but had to talk a little bit about that as well. Pistons basketball um, preseason is happening as well. Uh, Sir Thompson played extremely well. He, um I believe, made a quarter three to force the game into overtime, which the Pistons ends up losing that game. Cade Cunningham is back as well. Um, Monte Williams was on the sideline in his first year as well, so... Things are looking up for Detroit teams, and honestly, that's probably the first time I've been able to say that about Detroit teams since I've started this podcast, because a lot of the Detroit teams have not been very good, so things are kind of looking up for a lot of these teams, and that's a really good sign that makes me happy as well, and if Ken Harzer starts on a Saturday, maybe Michigan State fans will have a little bit more to cheer about as well but yeah that's really it for episode number 180 and the next day or two episode 181 will come out um been kind of busy so i haven't really had time to release this as early as i wanted to but yeah thank you for tuning in to episode number 180 hopefully you enjoyed this episode and please keep on tuning back in